So we're going to have uh, a fairly interactive review today. But before we do that, today being the wonderful lesson six on love being a verb. And before we even get near to that, which is going to be very uh, alternative to what we're used to thinking about love, at least it was for me. Um, before that, how about if I pray and then let's do a, a fun little review and go from there. Father God, we welcome you with open arms into this room today and into the rooms of all of the Zoomers and streamers that will be taking advantage of this opportunity today for us to be taught by you, the God of the universe, what you have for us. Your truths are so sweet and lovely and alternative to anything we've ever known before. So please, Father God, enter in and help us to not stay the same. I pray in Jesus' most wonderful name. Amen. Okay, girls. I'm taking a risk here because you know the trouble I've had with my machine, with my whiteboard here. It's a little touchy. But I was wondering if anybody was feeling gutsy enough this morning to come up and teach us what the three things are. Oh, now we get quiet. <laughs> that's not going to work. You know that's not going to work. Who would like to come up and teach us the three things? Remember, the three things are all that we need to know to love our husbands God's ways. God's way. Everybody could do one. Well, okay, if you do not want to come up here and expose yourself to the camera, would anyone like to talk to us from where they're seated? What would be the first thing? The, the three things that are all we need to know to be able to love our husbands God's way. That God is on the throne. Okay. Who is on the throne? Have any of you had to check with yourself this week, by the way? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Only one of you. Come on, you're not doing your homework. <laughs> and I hope, and you know, the way I do it is I check my hand. And is my hand open so that you, Lord, are in control, or am I? That's my little method. What's the second one? Keep our cup of esteem overflowing. Oh, overflowing. Keep our cup of esteem for our husband overflowing. And there are five ways we can do that. One of them would be to esteem him to his face. A second one would be to the kids. The third would be to the kids when he's at the kitchen table or wherever. And the fourth would be to your friends and when he's with okay, and when, when he's within earshot. And I'll bet I'm repeating myself when I tell you the story of this one gal who was on the phone practicing this with a girlfriend. 
and she was just praising her husband. He was sitting on the couch in the, you know, maybe five or six feet away watching a football game. And you would think that he would have never heard what she was saying on the phone. He just got up and came out and gave her a big hug. Hmm. What do you think? He might have been listening. Our husbands are remarkably always listening. And when you're at a party, look out. Because he is. He'll, he's just <clears throat> interesting, isn't it? How much our husbands pay attention to us and know what's going on. Very interesting. OK, uh, what's the third one? Respect. And <clears throat> scripture tells us that the greatest need <clears throat> of a man is to be respected and affirmed, which are kind of the same thing. And hopefully, you've been building a beautiful, beautiful good points list. Would you say that's the case? How many of you are happy with your husband's good points list right now? Me too. Me too. And that took work, didn't it, to put that together. And I wonder, did anybody over the course of this week find a new thing at this point that you could add to your good points list? Did anybody? My husband loves sports, and he's quite an athlete. And I, I appreciate that. And I have to work at not resenting his continual obsession with sports. But, it just was kind of a renewal. We were going through some of our vacation pictures with the kids, and, and he had some pictures of him golfing. And, and to just let his passion for that be a good point in, in seeing his athleticism as he was golfing in his form and looking at the skill level that he has, you know, as an athlete. Um, for me, it's, it's a lot more about appreciating and loving that knowledge instead of seeing that he's always, you know, turning on some, some sports thing. So you shifted from? Um, kind of a resentment of the time and energy it takes for him to, from resenting that to appreciating the skill set that he has because of the time and energy he puts in. Great work. So you went from, uh, from resenting his great love obsession with sports to appreciating what it means to him. I had the same thing happen to me this week. My husband was watching uh, the, the World Series. And I found myself just naturally going, <clears throat> going down the resentment route and having a little edge to my voice. And the Holy Spirit helped me to catch it. And I realized, wait a minute, he's having the time of his life. He loves this. He works hard. This is great fun for him. Enjoy it for him. And so I quickly shifted gears and went in the right direction. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for helping me and catching me before I got further into trouble. Has anyone had one of those kind of experiences this week where the Holy Spirit dug you out before you got into bigger trouble? One person has besides, besides the two of us. There's only been one more. 
Another, okay, <laughs> that sounds more real. I would like to think that's more real. Now you know that the great news is that you have made it past week five. Everything gets better now. You're gonna see. So I just wanted to let you know that. And I can feel it for you. The lightness is just going to start coming for every one of you. What's the likelihood that anyone from where you're seated could teach us about the engine and the caboose? The engine is your mindset and the caboose is your feelings. And we need to remember that we need to choose our mindset. Our feelings will come from that versus letting our feelings create our mindset. Fabulous. And easier said than done. <laughs> last night. Well, my emotions, I got hurt and my emotions wanted to take over. And that's where God had to stop me and say, just wait a minute. Okay, maybe he's cranky. He's trying to do something. He helps you to look outside of yourself, yeah, doesn't he? Okay. He has a reason he's not wanting to be distracted right now. Right, should, right. In the past, in the past, I would have just been hurt and then taken off on it. But what I am learning, and the best thing about what you just said, and girls, when I don't say your name, it's killing me, but I'm doing it for the, for the video, okay? Uh, but the best thing about what you just said was that I choose the direction of my mindset, and then my emotions will follow. They will follow. Now, what we're going to be talking about more than ever today is how nothing is possible <clears throat> without the help of the Holy Spirit. It's not possible. Have you found yourself naturally in your own natural volition going to these places? I don't. I don't. You know, you know, the, the greatest titan that you will ever see that's a believer is actually someone who is so incredibly aware of what they're not and is so completely dependent on the Holy Spirit to guide them. They become great. We can become something so very other than what we have been on our own. And girls, that is incredibly exciting to me because it has made my life thrilling for years now. And I so look forward to you girls going to the same place and having the total experience of Jesus Christ that he stinking the heck went on the cross to get for us. He did all that awful, awful, death and dying because he wanted us to experience moment by moment getting to be arm in arm with him and letting him take us on the big ride that you probably when you started out in your 20s were dying for the big ride of your life and the only way it's ever going to happen is being arm in arm with Jesus Christ guaranteed by the way that's guaranteed. And I don't care if, if any of you become incredibly wealthy and you can spend money on anything you want and do anything you want, it will be so far less than what you can experience with the free gift 
of being arm in arm with the God of the universe. Just a little aside, just a little uh, advertisement there. Okay, during this past week, did any of you, as you reflected on your disrespect list, did any of you particularly maybe notice three to six areas of disrespect that perhaps sometime in the past, not now, you may have been taking advantage of and doing, not realizing perhaps what you were doing? Yes. I think one thing that I've noticed, and probably because the World Series has been on at our house too, <laughs> is I have really bad timing. <laughs> and it's, the bases are loaded with somebody at bat, and I'm saying, now tomorrow, are we going to be able to break the news like that? You know, and he is just like going, looking right beyond me, and then I kind of have my feelings hurt, and then I'm aware of where he is and what's happening, I So we're capable of bad timing. And it helped, unfortunately, what it reveals is my selfish self-centeredness. You know, the thing that we become more and more aware of as we motor through this program is that God's calling us to be always looking out for what's going on with Stan right now. Not Candy's world, <laughs> which I am very comfortable in. Yes. Did anyone notice anything else in the in the area of disrespect? Well, for, for me, I'm a I'm a big nagger, and <laughs> only one in the room. So, I would say things are rough at our house right now. Lots of changes. Mm -hmm. um, we probably fight daily. Mm -hmm. And when I left here on Tuesday, I was like determined, and. We did not have a fight until this morning. So we made it an entire oh. week because I intentionally didn't nag and I didn't, wow. and I just really had to bite my tongue a lot. Yeah. Just had yeah. to yeah. gently walk away or do different things. I even went in my own room one time and just cried because <laughs> I was like feeling emotional and I was like, but I can just be in here and do that. And then I actually felt better. So. You know, the, the powder room, your bedroom or your powder room is a great place to go to let off steam and talk to the Lord and get repositioned before you go back out into the fray with, with your husband. Yes. And, and you didn't nag. But that could, not have, that could not have happened without the help of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Because we just are what we are. And you know what the problem is, is that we women are multitaskers and we're all over the place at once. And our husbands are single taskers, which can make, which can make us crazy. And it, by the way, girls, it makes us feel very superior. And the reality is God made men to be single taskers so that they could focus on bringing home the bacon. That is their, their big job. God says, if you're not a provider, you're worse than an infidel as a husband. And so our job, because we need to be able to do 10 things at once, God makes us that way. It doesn't make us better. And girls, we really have to work at that one. Because if you're like me, I got work to do on that one. That's all I got to say. Okay, one more. 
Well, I was just going to say, as far as like noticing areas of disrespect, oftentimes when I get into an argument with my husband, um, I like to you know focus on his part more than my own part, and that's really what happened last week that we shared about. Yep. And so it just you know it puts us in this posture of like one upping each other and not being willing to be humble and say that we're sorry. And so it was just great last week. I just like, I failed at the opportunity to listen to the Holy Spirit in the moment, but then I was able to use that after and ask God to like correct me and just confess to God where I went wrong, but then also just provide this opportunity to apologize to him and to not even address where he went wrong. Like it just was God saying like, don't worry about that. Like, let me deal with that. You, you it's just turn up your side of the street and I'll take care of the rest. And you know what? He does. Yeah, absolutely. But, but he's not going to do it if I haven't done my part first. Mm-hmm. And that's called obedience. And it's this interesting thing. As we are learning what God's calling us to be, well, then that's where he expects candy to be obedient. And if I turn like this to it all, I'm not going to do that. Well, God has nothing to bless. And it kind of works that way. He's dying to bless us, but he can't bless disobedience. So as I choose to obey, everything's a choice around here, girls. And as I choose to obey, then God's hands are released and he can start to bless and watch how he will. You watch. (laughs) Every one of you, you watch to see when good things happen. The Holy Spirit will probably even say, I'm blessing you now, in case you didn't know, I'm blessing you. Because you're going to feel the sense that it's his blessing on you this moment in time. It's just lovely. Okay, Um, who could define this concept of vows? And did anyone discover one this week? I gave you two, maybe three last week of mine. I really struggle identifying. This is the second time I've done this, and I just really haven't I've been able to identify one. And I feel like I know that there's something there, but it just hasn't been revealed to me yet. Okay. Well, guess what? If, if, it, were, if it were me, I would be saying, Lord, is there a vow that I haven't been able to see? And then if there is one, he will show you. <laughs> It's really incredibly simple when we ask for these kind of things, like, Lord, is there anything I did yesterday that I need to confess? And if there is, he's on it. But if he's silent, well, I guess there's not. Well, let's move on, Lord. Did anyone discover a vow that they've been believing since they were young? Because that's when it happens. You know... I don't know if I'm on the right track, but my dad was extremely cheap and um, financially and in a a lot of other ways. Ungenerous. Yes. Your dad was ungenerous. Mm -hmm. It was almost like he didn't get pleasure in giving. Mm -hmm. And um, I always had a tough relationship with him, and he's gone now. But um, I, I feel like it made me feel unloved and appreciated, which I don't think that was really what was happening, but that was kind of my interpretation. And so as a result, 
I think I have maybe swung the other way and um, am sometimes a little bit overly generous with money and time. With, and your, with yourself. Yes, right. And how you I are generous well, with yourself. Uh huh. And, you know, that's kind of, well, it's a love language. That's kind mm -hmm. of how I show it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's a little over the top. Okay. How do we fix that? If we are over generous mm -hmm. and we, can, we realize it feels a little weird, I'm a little going too far, how could I, girls, any idea how we could, could correct it? Because you know, anytime you figure out you have a bow, it's like, okay, how do we balance that thing out with the Lord, right? Because that's what we want. Any ideas? And by the way, I knew you were going to say that. Because that's what we do. We have a, a dearth of something in our parents. And we make a vow, when I grow up, okay. Yeah, so that's how you can help define yourself in a vow, if, if you ever had that experience. Um, I can tell you right now, if you want me to say it, I will say it. All you have to do is say, Lord, I think that this is something that I've been in control of, which is what vows are all about. I'm in control of it. And my job is to let you be in control of it. So like for me, where fun needed to be all the time, fun, 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 any chance I had. I mean, it even drives how hard I work to get my work done so I have time for fun. And what did I learn? Okay, Lord, we have 10 things we could do today. <gasps> I want to do 10 things. What do you want me to do? And then he gives you an eye so that you can see, in your case, with the overgiving, this is enough, not that. And then you're going to say, okay, Lord. And you're going to be fine because when God tells you the way to do things, it always feels right. So you're going to have fun with that. But it's always going to require you to notice it and ask God to help you to see it, and then to open your hands to go where he leads. And he will not have you be tight. You don't have to worry about that. But he will have it balanced so that those moments when you felt that you overdid it are not going to happen. How about the, the whole concept of lower and higher wisdom? Who could describe the difference between the two? Lower wisdom is often just reacting to our own emotions and our sin nature rather than pausing and reflecting and asking for the Holy Spirit to intervene. And, um, you know, it's really kind of dying to our own selfish ambition in, in a moment of maybe tension. Um, and then looking more to the interest of our husband and what could be gained in the long run rather than the short-term gain, which might be like, I don't know, a chore, like asking our husband to do something, but the way in which it's asked could be an example of lower wisdom because it was bad timing, maybe the World Series was on. <laughs> that type of... You're, you've, you've got it. You've got it. You know, the higher wisdom is always going to be, Lord, how do you want me to see this? What do you want me to do? Not my natural reaction. My natural reaction is always going to be the lower wisdom, and boy, it's not going to come out good. It will not be pretty. But when I ask for God's higher wisdom, which you were talking about, 
and how he gave you, and you were talking about it up there on the loft too. You were being able to see more than just what's usually the case, my selfish self-centeredness and the way it reacts. It's so ugly, but girls, I hope by now we're kind of just getting used to realizing this is the way we are. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be humiliated to death every day over the fact that I have a sin nature that I'm now recognizing. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was pretty nice. And looking around at all of you girls, I think I see a bunch of really nice girls that happen to be unfortunate enough to have a sin nature like me. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. The thought came to mind that the difference in this higher and lower wisdom really is this, do I react, like you were saying, mm -hmm. or am I responding in Christ? Mm -hmm. And so, right. the, and you like to say reflective responder, right. but is it, is it in reaction? Or am I responding? Right. It's so beautiful. What an aspiration. By the way, that, that whole concept of gaze aversion, did anyone find themselves catching a little bit of aversion? Or in, uh, did you? Yeah. And I noticed that because I pray for it every day, because it's on my sheet over here, um, I pray for it every day, and so the moment that I feel my eyes wanting to wander, it zoom, stay, fo stay focused. That's the beauty of my quiet time in the morning and taking everything up with the Lord, because then He and I know <laughs> what I need work on, and then He helps me so that I don't do the gaze aversion. I'm aware of it when I could, and then I don't by God's wonderful grace. But if I did not have that time with the Lord in the morning going over all these things, I'm not prepared. I'm not protected by the Holy Spirit. And nothing happens. Oh, nothing good happens. Well, there were many more things I wanted to talk about, but we will just have to let them go because it's time for you to have some time with Pam.